the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the Sunday after the Feast of Ascension, so there's kind of two things that I wanted to go over. One is a little bit of some more meditations about the Feast of Ascension itself, and then a little bit about what our Lord Jesus Christ talks about today when He talks about prayer. <coughs> In this world, when we think about worldly things, outward triumph is much different than inward triumph. For us as Christians, inward triumph is the one that is most important. Outward triumph is what will come to us eventually, will come to the church eventually at the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But our example of spiritual inner victory is the life of our Savior Himself. Outwardly, He was defeated, crucified like an evildoer, crucified like a thief. But he accomplished the main thing that he came into the world to do, right? His triumph over death. And any other triumph is sort of meaningless in comparison to that. So it was a triumph over the most fearsome and unconquerable evil that exists in the world. But our Lord Jesus Christ, he did not rise in order to return us sort of again to a fleshly life. So that, we can, so that he could live again and commune with his disciples and the multitudes and be like he was before. St. John Custom says that when he appears during the, during the Holy 40 days before his ascension, he appears sort of di much differently than he did when he was on earth. When he was on earth, he's with them all the time. But after the resurrection, he sort of appears from time to time, he comes in and he goes out. He's not always with them like he was before the resurrection. St. John Christum says, He came and again disappeared, thus leading them on to higher conceptions. He no longer permitted them to continue in their former relationship towards Him, but took effectual measures to secure these two objects, that the fact of His resurrection should be believed, and that He Himself should be ever apprehended to be greater than man. So he's saying our Lord Jesus Christ had two missions during the 40 days before His ascension. One is to prove His resurrection, and the other one is to show that He is more than just a regular man. And St. John Christum, he continues, he says, it was not an open presence, but a certain testimony of the fact that he was present. So he was coming and going as sort of a testimony of the fact that he was present. That's why when he appears with his disciples, the disciples are usually amazed, confused, surprised, because he's not just with them sort of 24-7 during those 40 days. So Christ, even when he arose, he arose not in the same way as those even who were restored to life before him. You know, people like Lazarus, when he rose from the dead, how did he live after he rose from the dead? Same way he did before he died, right? He was just living his normal life. Their resurrection, people like Lazarus and people that Elijah and Elisha rose from the dead, their resurrection was for a time. They returned to their regular life in the same body that they had, the body that is subject to death and corruption, and they returned to their sort of old, old mode of life. But Christ, when he rose, he rose forever, for eternity. He rose in a, in a glorified body, in an immortal body, in an incorruptible body. And he arose never to die again. And like I was saying, maybe I mentioned a little bit last week, that when our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into the heavens, man's nature also ascends with it. St. John he continues, he says, We who seemed unworthy of the earth are now raised to heaven. We who were unworthy of earthly dominion have been raised to the kingdom on high have ascended higher than heaven, have come to occupy the king's throne. And the same nature from which the angels guarded paradise stopped not until it ascended to the throne of the Lord. So what is St. John saying? He's saying by Christ's ascension, human flesh 
and sort of by inheritance, all of us are able to enter into heaven. The same paradise that was guarded by the angels has now we have access to through the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so now that our Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, our mother of the church gives us a passage about prayer in today's gospel. <coughs> our Lord Jesus Christ, he, asks, he tells us that we should ask in this gospel reading. He tells us to ask. He tells us that we need to pray in his name. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And he says that every true prayer is never a waste of breath. And he gives his word, his promise that God the Father will hear the prayers and act on them. And he says that he's doing this why? So that their joy may be full. And he tells them the benefits of praying in his name. But when you listen to the words, he says, ask for anything. That doesn't, does that sound real? Ask for anything. Do you know how often maybe one of us have asked God for something and nothing happened? And it must be a mistake that our Lord Jesus Christ would say this. How often have I begged God to give me something and I didn't get it and my prayers were sort of in vain? And yet we hear Christ say, whatever you ask. But I think some of us are missing what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Our Lord Jesus Christ had to teach His disciples to pray. They were Jews who grew up praying their whole lives, lived with Jesus for three years. But still, our Lord Jesus Christ had to teach them to pray because they still didn't know what true prayer was or how to do it. Praying in Jesus' name doesn't just mean that we say the words. They simply say in Jesus' name. If this were the case, how did God the Father hear the prayers of all the Old Testament saints? Just simply saying the words in Jesus' name to end of a prayer doesn't automatically sort of mean I am praying in Jesus' name. Praying in Jesus' name doesn't mean that I can just ask for anything that I want just because I've attached His name to my prayer and all, all of a sudden that makes it sort of acceptable to God. It might be nothing actually but sin or maybe even pretending to be a prayer. So simply saying in Jesus' name and claiming it as our own doesn't mean that God is sort of bound to give us what we asked for. It's a misconception and a lie from Satan that says if I pray hard enough and long enough and I, and, I, and I yearn for something hard enough that I will receive whatever I pray for from God. That God can't deny me. Think about this. Do you really want to pray for something that may be against the will of God? Since when does, does our faith want to do anything contrary to God's will? Our Lord Jesus Christ taught us in the Lord's Prayer to ask that God's will be done, not our own will. Praying in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ is just another way of saying this. So prayer in Jesus' name is praying that no matter what I may want, I want God's will to be done. Even if it means overriding and changing what I actually prayed for or what I actually wanted. Praying in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't mean just saying the right words. It means to pray in a way that sort of lines ourselves up with the faith that was given us. It doesn't mean to seek something that goes against the will of God the Father. Because we know what the will of God is. The will of God is for us to turn from our sins, to achieve salvation. That's the life of repentance that us as Orthodox Christians are called to every day. 
When the Holy Spirit strengthens, keeps us firm in the faith, until our last breath, that is God's good and gracious will. It's not a mystery. He tells us this all over the Holy Bible. But most of us, mistakenly, we believe that prayer is just sort of a heartfelt yearning for something. And so prayer becomes what is more about what I pray for and how badly I pray for it, rather than to whom I pray. That's the most important thing, to whom I pray. Prayer is about who we pray to and not about what we pray for. Listen to what St. John Chrysostom says on prayer. There is nothing more worthwhile than to pray to God and to converse with Him. For prayer unites us with God as His companions. As our bodily eyes are illuminated by seeing the light, so in contemplating God, our soul is illuminated by Him. So our soul should be directed by God. Not just when we sort of suddenly think of prayer, but even when we're concerned with anything else. If we're looking after the poor, if we're busy in any other way, if we're doing any type of good work, we should season our actions with the desire and the remembrance of God. If we are generous in giving time to prayer, we're going to experience its benefits throughout our life. Prayer, like St. John says, illuminates our souls, gives us knowledge of God. It's a link, meditating me, between God and man. By prayer, our souls are sort of taken up into heaven in a marvelous way that embraces God. And the soul longs and needs what it receives from Him. And it's better than anything that can be received in the world. Prayer is a precious way of communicating with God. It's supposed to gladden our soul. That's why He says that your joy may be full. It gives us rest in affliction. We shouldn't think of prayer just as words. It's a desire for God. Prayer is a desire for God. An indescribable devotion, something that is not of human origin, but the gift of God's grace. St. Paul even says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. So then how do I achieve this type of prayer? How do I achieve this type of prayer? So John Christian actually goes on and he talks about how to achieve this type of prayer. He says, to set about this prayer, paint the house of your soul with modesty and lowliness and make it splendid with the light of justice. Adorn it with the beaten gold of good works, and for walls and stones, embellish it assiduously with faith and generosity. Above all, place prayer on top of this house as its roof, so that the complete building may be ready for the Lord. Thus he will be received in a splendid royal house, and by grace his image will already be settled in your soul. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, Ask and you will receive. But why does Jesus say this if He doesn't say it to fulfill every wish and whim? And He says, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The joy that our Lord Jesus Christ promises is not the flesh-pleasing joy of this fallen world. Or whatever else you think or feel could satisfy you and make it for a better life. Earthly self-gratifications quickly fade. The joy that our Lord is promising is rich, enduring. None of those world's promises can touch it. All of the joy of the world can't compare with the joy that our Lord promises and gives. So what am I asking for? It's not just whining for a better life, not begging for things. It's not breathing out words 
that act as if this world is our true home, what is then prayer? What's prayer? Our prayer is not <coughs> whatever happens to pop up into our sinful heads. It's a yearning for a continuous union with God. I'll leave you with one last quote from St. John. He talks about the power of prayer. He says, The potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions, hushed anarchy to rest, extinguished wars, appeased the elements, expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the fates of heaven, healed diseases, dispelled frauds, rescued cities from destruction, stopped the sun in its course. There is in it an all-sufficient collection, a treasure undiminished, a mine which is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by clouds, a heaven unruffled by the storm. It is the root, the fountain, the mother of a thousand blessings. This is what prayer is. And prayer can do, this is why our Lord Jesus Christ says, ask whatever in my name. St. John lists tens of things that were done by the power of prayer. But before any of those things can be achieved, I need to redirect my prayer. My prayer needs to be much more about who I'm praying to than what I'm praying for. Who I'm praying to than what I'm praying for. May the Holy Spirit give us these words of prayer to pray to God the Father in Jesus' name. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.